Velvet man, we've been in here for hours. I, I, there's nothing's gonna happen here. Can we get out of here? Yeah, man, I, I think you're right. I mean, we've been in Smalley's for about four hours now, and we've witnessed no paranormal activity whatsoever. Unfortunately, man, I, I don't know what to do. What are we going to tell Blue Balls? He spent all day drawing that pentagram <laughs> and trying to light those candles with his hooves. Look, if it's not here, it's not here. Yeah, unfortunately, I think you're right, Chris. All right, Blue Balls, uh, we're going to call it quits for the day, bud. Let's go grab some lunch. No, no. What are you talking about? That was a perfect pentagram. Oh, thank God. I didn't think those idiots were ever going to leave. And what's the deal with them always wheeling around that horse statue? It's just plain creepy. Welcome to episode number 123 of the Between the Cracks podcast. I am your host, Bill, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Chris. Chris, we're back at it. This is week two of Hudson Valley Horror Month. And this time, bud, we have a genuine haunted house. Or should I say haunted inn and restaurant? (laughs) Uh, Because, Chris... Tonight, we're in your neck of the woods, bud. We are headed to Carmel, New York, to talk about the one and only Smalley Inn. And uh, and see that it's written as Smalley's Inn a a lot, uh, for the most part, actually. But uh, I'm looking at a picture of the restaurant, and and it seems to be called just simply Smalley Inn. So for the sake of tonight's episode, we'll be using both Smalley and Smalley's. (laughs) Doesn't really matter. Uh, Anyway, Chris... I say we hop right into it because there's quite a bit to cover. And, uh, you know, normally I I would say when I hear these stories, I'd immediately call bullshit. But uh, there's a long, infamous history surrounding this building. And as the years rolled on, the stories only got worse, all reaching a horrifying pinnacle. (laughs) Once the owner found something hidden beneath the set of stairs. And it's 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 very unnerving. I'm not gonna lie. It, it, it's let me tell you, if I found what this guy found, I, I'd be closing up shop immediately. <laughs> uh, well, yeah. This this is it's funny because I, I have before you brought this case up, I had heard of Smalley's <laughs> Smalley World. Hey, um, oh no, come on, man. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think this is probably one of the only cases that we've covered that I've actually heard of before. I do recall because, well, when I used to live in Putnam County, they used to do tours, I believe, um, and they would take you down into like the basement area inside Smalley's. I'm going to call it Smalley's just because I'm pretty sure anyone that I've ever spoken to called it Smalley's, but I never actually did the tour. I was actually there merely as a uh, a patron, someone there who was just, just for some Grub and beverage, of course. You like French fries. I happen to love French fries, actually. You like French fries. 
You said that already, but all right. (laughs) Chris, please. But uh, anyway, let's get right into it. Smalley's in. Take us back to the beginning. What do you got for us? (laughs) So Smalley Inn, which opened its doors in 1852, was actually opened by, of course, none other than someone with the last name Smalley, James Smalley. And we're going to get to in a minute what uh, we think Smalley's Inn was actually used for back in the day. But James Smalley himself was apparently at various times a either a, a, a sheriff, coroner, and the treasurer of town. Of course, this must have been a very small town, as with many you... Uh, you're a man of many talents. Yeah, uh, and, and, and what all whilst uh, running a, an inn here. <laughs> Don't mess with uh, James Smalley, I guess, because he can shoot you and then uh, put you to rest. And then disembowel you, Chris. Uh, <laughs> please, uh, c- continue. So, uh, I mean, uh, Jimmy seems to be uh, somewhat of a, a renaissance man. <laughs> That's one way to put it. But Smalley's in all the way up until the year of 2020 was, for all intents and purposes, a tavern and inn for the locals to enjoy some uh, local food and beverage. But there might have been something a little more sinister going on in the basement, or at least not something that you'd want to hear being located below where your food was being prepared. <laughs> Absolutely not, Chris. But, uh, I mean, we, we should mention that when uh, old Jimmy opened this place in 1852, I mean, things were going pretty smooth for the first uh, almost 75 years, right? Because <laughs> that's unfortunately when their first uh, horrible event takes place. And uh, I, I wanted to kind of build up to what uh, this new owner in present day found under those steps but uh we should kind of build up the suspense here chris please <laughs> so in 1924 the inn burned to the ground i don't know if this was a case of arson or it was just an accidental fire that took place but with that said that was seemingly the end of smalley's inn or was it chris no, that was not the end of Smalley's because... Do tell. <laughs> oh, I'm trying. <laughs> after after the initial Smalley's was burnt to the ground, a new Smalley's Hotel was apparently built in its place. And the hotel was located apparently where the Palmer Regency, Smith Barney, and Smalley Inn Restaurant are located at this current time. Jesus, okay, all right. So, I mean, to me, it sounds like uh, the original Smalley Inn was rather large because it's now, uh, in, in present day, it's been divided into quite a few different businesses. Correct, because apparently the, the Putnam County National Bank was also located in there. So there's, in the future, there would be various businesses and stuff that, like you said, would be divided out of this old hotel. And so it sold off to uh, private business owners and each do their own respective businesses. And then um, it's at this time that somebody by the name of Millie Coniglio buys Smalley Inn and Restaurant in the early 1950s. And she decides that why not I will keep this historic name so it stays Smalley's Inn. Makes sense. I mean, if it already has a reputation, it was a popular place in the area, 
you know, you're, you're new to the town. You don't want to ruffle too many feathers. You keep the name the same and you try to build off of it. Makes perfect sense, Millie. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I, uh, I love to preserve anything historic, especially something that's built back in the 1800s. I mean, that's, uh, that's pretty incredible. <laughs> Just, Although I shouldn't say it's not built back in the 1800s because it did burn to the ground first. So it's built back in the 1920s. Well, maybe the, maybe the foundation is still uh, from the 1850s, Chris. Jesus Christ. I, we, we don't oh. care for the negativity uh, surrounding uh, Hudson Valley Horror Month. Please. <laughs> well, I'll tell you one thing. You're upsetting myself. You're upsetting the, the <laughs> residents of Hudson Valley. And, and most importantly, you're upsetting blue balls. <laughs> oh, well, I don't want to do that. So please continue. Possibly there were some remnants of the original building. That's all I'm trying to say. Oh, I there was remnants of something left behind. <laughs> oh, well, what an astute observation. Absolutely there was. So well, where the hell are we? Millie buys this place in the 50s, uh, brings it back to life, and uh, I mean, all seems to be going well for quite some time. At least whilst Millie was owning the place. That is true, and uh, she decides to pass along this business uh, to her son, Anthony F. Porto Sr., who actually remained the owner up until 2020, which was actually passed along from him to his son, Anthony Porto Jr. Up until the place closed, because we, we I think you might have mentioned, but I'm not sure if we did, that Smalley's actually closed its doors in 2020. Yes, January 15th, 2020, it officially closed its doors. I, I hate when uh, these businesses that have lasted for such a long time end up closing. I, I, I really hate it because this, this was like, um, it, it was such a fixture in, in uh, Carmel. Well, there is something that we should mention, though, because between the ownership period of where uh, Millie takes over and her son, Anthony Porto Sr., something does occur... Much like it did previously, but what could that something be? <laughs> I mean, you are you are on your game tonight. I mean, these lead-ins are just marvelous, Chris. <laughs> well, uh, we've covered a couple of different haunted places, and they always seem to have one thing in common. And that was a fire or two that takes place and seemingly ravages the, the, the complete structure. And uh, we have that here because, as we said, in 1924, Smalley's burnt to the ground from their first fire. That's right, Chris, their first fire. Now, this spooks me out because we find out that in 1974, exactly 50 years to the day that Smalley's originally burned to the ground, Smalley's suffers the same fate. It burns to the ground. Now, I don't know about you, but that seems very, very ominous to me. I would not like that one. I mean, obviously, I wouldn't like a fire burning down my business, but uh, I specifically wouldn't like this, especially when it seems to coincide with a tragic event from the past. Yeah, it is just crazy because, you know, this is 50 years, exactly 50 years. It's almost as if something was still there from the past, that some sort of a curse that I say, I, whoa, 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 easy Hudson Valley River boy. You said something that I go, <laughs> you said something that just caught my ear. Something <laughs> that was still there from the past. Yes. What was that? 
You hear me? Did you hear that? Yeah, so my screen blacked out again and it like cut the the speaker. Oh, I lost you. You hear me? Yo. You hear me? Yeah. Yeah. Dude, this, this oh, is really, this is really... The, the speaker system is Oh. All right. I you hear, hear me now? Yeah, I got you. But this is really weird. So when I said something that happened in the past, when it cut out, right? It, it sounded like a fucking demon voice. My my voice got all altered. It's past. <laughs> and then it cut out. Chris, I don't think we have a choice. We have to cut to commercial break. Cue the music. We are experiencing technical difficulties. Please stand by. We are experiencing technical difficulties. Please stand by. Chris, we just had some major uh, technical difficulties here, and uh, I don't know if it was picked up in the recording, but your side uh, disconnected, and as I was talking, my voice was altered to sound like some kind of demonic voice, and then you just disappeared. Your, sque- your, your screen went black. <laughs> so sometimes when we do these supernatural haunting cases, it always seems like something weird happens with our equipment, and and, and this one... <laughs> This one's a little too close to home for uh, us to be playing games with. So uh, let's just continue and get back into it. Uh, Chris, you said that there's something was still within the walls of Smalley's all these years later. Yeah, perhaps something that was left there that could be causing this 50-year curse that leads to a fire. Whatever could be within the walls of Smalley that could cause such tragic events or possibly could have at least acted as a catalyst to such events. Lay it on us. So approximately 15 or 20 years ago, Anthony Porto Jr., who, if you recall me mentioning, is the son of Anthony Porto Sr., who took over the inn from Millie uh, Coniglio. He, while running Smalley's Inn, finds something buried under the basement steps in the restaurant. What they found was a tombstone, and it was of a little girl that was buried there. And it turns out that this little girl was named Elizabeth Smalley. And Elizabeth Smalley was the daughter of the original, way back in 1852, the original owner, James Smalley. I do not like this one bit, Chris. Well, unfortunately... It's a little worse than that, because prior to digging through this basement steps and discovering this, this location had been known for peculiar sightings for years and years, one of which was the ghostly presence of a little girl. Uh, So upon this discovery, not only did this pretty much validate what this little girl ghost was that was basically roaming the basement area of this building, but it apparently ends up 
that right after they unveiled this tombstone, that things started to really intensify. Uh, you, as you could imagine that they would. It is at this time that I would have closed doors and sold the business and uh, left the country. <laughs> Absolutely. Now, let me ask you this, because I, I was reading it, and there seems to be conflicting reports. Were there sightings of the little girl ghost prior to them finding this gravestone? Or did they just really start taking place afterwards? There was definitely already a history here of like hauntings and stuff. This place had been known for a while, I think, as being a hot spot for paranormal investigators and doing ghost tours and stuff. But I think maybe you're right. Maybe the, the beginning of this little girl ghost sighting started happening once they dug up the tombstone, which would obviously make perfect sense. You just disturbed a burial ground and, uh, well, now you get to meet her. <laughs> now, now, now you opened up Pandora's box. But now that you think about it, you know, the, the events leading up to this, it, it's a recipe for disaster. You had the two fires. You had the death of this young girl where you've now unearthed her, her gravestone. And you and I have some uh, experience with a place like this. Because remember, we said that James Smalley, the original owner, he doubled as a doubled and tripled as a, a innkeeper, a sheriff, and a coroner. And some believe that the basement of Smalley's Inn doubled as a morgue. Now you're absolutely in trouble because now, Chris, this, this seemingly comes back to us because we talked about this quite a few times on the show about the haunted apartment, apartment F, that lurks just across the street from me. Now, you and I have been down there quite a few times with uh, EVPs, and we've got some very bizarre readings. I've actually been down there with the owner because there was a fire. Remember that thing? Mm -hmm. Remember that, too. There's always a fire. And the and I feel terrible about this. It's not one of my it was not one of my more proud moments in life. But uh, the older gentleman who's a uh, friend of mine now, he, he, he was uh, he's the owner of the building. He took me down to show me where the fire had taken place and he showed me where some of the damage was. And as he was explaining it, the power went out. <laughs> now, at that point, Chris, I, <laughs> I, I, I was attempting to gather my wits about myself. And I, I should mention that this gentleman was in his late 70s, maybe early 80s. But for, for, for the sake of my ego, we'll, we'll say he's in his 70s. I, I know where this is going. But unfortunately, Chris, I, I told you about this when it happened. I just panicked and I, I, I pushed <laughs> the, the elderly fellow out of the way and, and ran out of this basement because we, I should say that because I should note that this is a basement apartment with no windows. There was only uh, two doors there to, as a way to escape. There was just no natural light down there. It's very scary. So <laughs> I, I kind of just left uh, the, the, the the poor elderly man to uh, fend for himself. But I, I will say this in my defense. He did make it out safely. So there, there was no harm and there was no foul. Well, legend has it that that slight little push actually pushed him so hard that he is now currently part of the of the basement wall downstairs in apartment <laughs> 
Yes, I mean, but there are, are, are quite a few number of events that had taken place down there. One uh, was there; were, they were getting the furnace serviced, and the, the technician that came in, he ended up splitting because he got such a bad vibe, and he started hearing stuff move around that he, he took off so quick that he didn't finish the job, and he left his tools there, and he refused to come back until the next morning with assistance. Time out right now. Because what you're describing is eerily similar to this situation that we are talking about right now, the Smalley's Inn. There was a man who went downstairs in Smalley's Inn and apparently came up screaming, almost in tears, and he left his tools in the basement. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I did not know that. I truly did not know that. I did not read <laughs> yes. that. I did not read that on, on his Wikipedia page, Chris. It happened here, too. I remember you telling me the story about Apartment F, but I would, as you were saying that, I was literally reading these words that also occurred downstairs yeah, in the I basement. See, th this course. is what I don't like. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I'm as much of a skeptic as anyone, but this starts making me feel uneasy because, you know, we had the glitch in the recording, and now we're starting to draw very similar parallels to <laughs> this story and, and, and to where I live. And, and, and here's the thing I don't appreciate, Chris. You were about an hour away, and I'm stuck right here right across the street. So uh, you have <laughs> a nice buffer zone. I'm stuck here right in the pit. Well, yeah, since I moved, I'm a little further away from Smalley's Inn, so that's always nice. But <laughs> <clears throat> on top of all this, uh, I, I should bring up what happened last night and my, my uh, unfortunate dream. <laughs> Now that we're drawing the parallels here with myself in my little neighborhood, in my little neck of the woods, uh, you had you had uh, informed me that you had something very bizarre happen to you the evening, oh last. And we'll get back into Smallies in a minute, but I, I think uh, our listeners would be fairly interested to hear what happened to you, especially during Hudson Valley Horror Month. You're in the Hudson Valley, and this is absolutely horrifying. <laughs> well, I, I will I will say for starters that this almost never happens. So for one thing, I think we had a case where we discussed sleep paralysis. We did mention it, I think, at one point for one of the cases where somebody saw a girl at their, the, the foot of their bed, like a, a ghostly apparition, and they couldn't move. Yes. And we talked about how that could be related to sleep paralysis. So, And you actually said, I think you've mentioned it in the past on one of our episodes, that you, you've uh, been a victim of this. And as I said to you <laughs> via text before, I still don't understand it. Is it just like a nightmare? Because, I mean, I have nightmares and then I, I, I kind of wake up. But it seems like there's another added element to it where people feel like they're actually awake. But I, I wonder if you really are and you just can't move. I, I don't understand it. So I think... Part of it is, and this was, if it was paralysis, it was not to the level that some say, because I think in some senses what they say that occurs is, is a hallucination occurs while you're awake and your body is unable to move at that point in time for Shoot, whatever that, 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 time. <laughs> that is terrifying. And for whatever reason, too, I, you know, like sometimes your dreams or your nightmares occur based on something that you recently saw or, you know, that you watched right before you went to bed. But this was certainly not the case here. But I thought that I was dreaming that I was literally laying next to a girl that was possessed by a demon. And it was almost like the face of 
that girl in The Exorcist. Oh, no. Um, Linda Blair? Like, with that, like, sinister smile just staring at me while I was laying down. That's and, terrifying. But you said that your your wife actually said that you were speaking in your dream. <laughs> yes. So I apparently started to like make like noises. And, and in my dream, I was go, literally. Go, 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 go. <laughs> like that? <laughs> Nothing like that. <laughs> Continue, Chris. It, it apparently. So I, what, what I was thinking I was saying, I was trying to yell basically like like at this possessed girl, but that's not what came out, I guess. But I, and obviously it's, it's the pitch black. It was in the middle of the night. Oh my God, man. So I was awake when I, like I woke up or I couldn't tell if I was awake or if I had woken up because obviously it's dark. So you can't tell. But then my wife at this time was awake because she was starting to say something to me. And then later that morning, and she said that she's like, I think you had a nightmare or something because, uh, you sound like you were like upset or like frightened or something. You were making like noises or whatever. And I was like, <laughs> what, <laughs> what kind of noises? <laughs> I don't know, but I had that same state. So like while I was trying to yell at this demon thing, I couldn't move. So my, oh my God. I, I, it's just like that feeling of like, you want to like get up and run away, but there's nothing. You can't do anything. You can't move your arms. You can't move your legs. Nothing. And then I came to, that was fucking weird. Did you feel rattled? Like, like when you, it was just like, like, it's not something I haven't experienced before. I have had dreams or nightmares or something before where I, I was paralyzed. Like, yes, I, I remember you telling it. it. Yep. But I don't also, or I really don't remember my dreams or nightmares a lot. Most of the time I don't, but this was pretty vivid. <laughs> I don't even think I checked the clock. Thankfully, hopefully it wasn't like three o'clock. Then I, uh, you know, I just tried to, to get sleep again, but I was like, Jesus. Well, I mean, this all kind of uh, lends itself to to what we're talking about because these bizarre events always seem to transpire when we're talking about this bizarre kind of paranormal activity. And uh, I should have mentioned, like, you know, we've talked about it quite a few times, so I just thought some of our listeners would remember, but uh, Apartment F is an apartment complex. It's this big uh, old um, house across the street that is now divided up into apartments. But at the time, this building was actually the first hospital in our town. And the basement, and this is how it kind of relates to this story, which I should have mentioned early on, apartment F and the existing downstairs basement was the original morgue of this original hospital. So, I mean, we got a morgue. We got an original morgue from the 1800s across the street. And we have an original morgue existing in this building known as Smalley's. And we have fires. Mm-hmm. And... And well, I, I should say, I, I should say this. In the fire that took place uh, across the street, there was a young child that died. And I'm not kidding. Oh, that's right. There was a, a mother... Uh, a mother... And was it a son, right? Yeah, a mother and a son. And some uh, something blew up and that they couldn't get out. So, wow. I mean, there's quite a few parallels here, Chris. <laughs> and, 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 and I'm going to tell you right now, it's getting darker and darker outside the BTCRF. <laughs> and I have nobody to walk me in. <laughs> Do you want to introduce who your new companion is now? <laughs> oh, I should actually tell everybody here. Uh, we have a new BTC mascot. As I said uh, last month, 
my uh, beloved uh, Bernice Mountain Dog Duke passed away after 11 years. He lived a very long, happy life, and uh, it, it was it was brutal for me, you know? I I took uh, a very... I'm still not over it, you know, but it took me a very long time to recover. But um, just uh, yesterday, I drove all the ways out to Elizabethtown, Pennsylvania, which <laughs> was about 30 hours from my house, to pick up uh, a new little baby Bernice Mountain Dog, a little puppy. He's eight weeks old, and his name is Timber. So he's going to be uh, taking um, on the role of our mascot, and uh, he is just like Duke. He's ornery, and he doesn't really want to do much, and he gets irritated by everyone and everything. So it's just everything I love in a dog. <laughs> this guy has it. Well, we uh, will be referring to Timber in future episodes, of course. So uh, if you uh, hear a couple of roughs there, here there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or, or it might be Duke pissed off at me because I got a new dog. I, I don't really know. We'll, we'll find out. We'll, we'll find out as we move along. But Chris, please, we, we know more about Apartment F, no more uh, about your dreams, no more about Timber, no more uh, about anything. Let's get back into Smallies. Let's let's. Crawl right down there, back into the basement, back into the pit of hell here. Once the, the, these, this poor gentleman, this owner, uncovered this unfortunate finding. Well, after you. <laughs> well, yeah, so uh, this actually brings about a paranormal investigation because now that this discovery is made and all of a sudden these uh, hauntings begin to intensify, they decide that they need to contact paranormal investigators. And so the investigation ultimately concludes who this person was. Enter stage right, Mr. Zach Bagans. <laughs> he didn't get his grubby little paws on uh, Smallies, did he? I, I, think think we, did. I think we need to find out yes, here because please, I wouldn't be surprised. Let's do some research as we uh, record this, Chris. I don't think I see anything linking him and Smalley's. All right, good. So that's some good news. There is uh, apparently this Steve and Amy that investigate the paranormal activity in Smalley's and in restaurant. But I do not see Zach Bagans. I guess it wasn't worth his time all the way out here on the East Coast. Well, all right. That, I mean, like I said, that is some good news. Bagans is not involved. And, and, and in my opinion... That even adds to the legitimacy of some of these claims that we're going to get into. Oh, indeed. So, uh, you know, they, they, they find the grave of this little girl, and uh, it, it kind of exacerbates the problem, as you can imagine, because uh, now, at this point, there are witnesses that, that, that claim that, you know, they're experiencing some very odd things. Like you, like you had mentioned, uh, ghostly figures uh, of children, women, men. And uh, apparently, and and this would freak me out, (laughs) there was an incident that occurred where, and this had to be fairly recent because uh, it involved cell phones, but apparently every cell phone and landline within Smalley's, whoever happened to be there that night, every single phone went off at the same exact time. Well, it gets creepier than that. The number that called all those lines came from within the building. No, man, forget it. <laughs> forget it. I, I'm gone. I'm, I'm gone. I, 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 I honestly, I'm not joking. I would not return. I don't care if I was the owner. I would not return to, to, the, to, to the place at the scene of the crime. 
Dude, that I just got chills reading. Yes, I, I, I'm, I'm a little uneasy now, man. I mean, it's pitch black outside. The BTs are off. This is terrifying. And get this, to make matters worse, there was even a witness who said <laughs> that they felt their clothes being tugged on as, as oh. they were just, uh, you know, as they were just roaming around the restaurant. Yeah, that, that's uh, it's time to go. Keep your goddamn um, hands off me. Yeah, I don't care who the fuck you are. <laughs> So, so another, uh, we'll just rattle off, I guess, some of the other things. Uh, there was a waitress that apparently was hearing footsteps while she was working alone in the attic. Why the hell you would do that? Given the reputation of this place, uh, I do not know. She apparently confronted someone saying, were you, know, were you upstairs making all that noise? And, uh, well, apparently nobody was upstairs while she was hearing the footsteps. That, so. that That's terrifying. You know, you, you often hear stories of like hearing like a door slam or a, a loud bang which can kind of be attributed to maybe a window being left open and wind and whatnot but you know you start hearing footsteps that that's a whole new ball game <laughs> yeah and so apparently i guess the, the main reason why they had originally dug up these basement stairs is because anthony i'm, I'm assuming junior wanted to build a sports bar in the basement this is what I was talking to you before about one of the guys going downstairs to do work coming up screaming and uh, decided that his tools weren't worth it. There is apparently a section down there that they refer to as the pillar, which I'm not sure if this refers to the area where Elizabeth was buried, but apparently there was reports of this girl, they're assuming Elizabeth, playing peekaboo or hide and go seek behind this pillar while the uh, men were working downstairs, and uh, you know she just wants to. Well, to she play. can she, she can go hide because I will not be seeking. <laughs> uh, hide and go, get the fuck out of here, is what I would be playing, and that's uh, exactly what these guys did when they uh, saw the ghost. Well, you know, talk about <laughs> somehow we're making this episode about us, Chris, but uh, <laughs> talk about drawing parallels. I'm reading here. That Anthony, the owner, one night he experienced something very odd. Whilst upstairs lying in his queen-size bed, he felt someone on the other side of his bed just laying there looking at him. Much like what happened to you last evening. Fuck. This is not good. You're not escaping this situation so easily there, buddy. What are the fucking chances, though, really, of this? Yeah, like, I mean, there are truly a, a lot of parallels that we can draw here, and I, I'm not, I'm not joking for the for the sake of the show. I mean, this is crazy, and I'm I'm hoping that well, that that technical issue that we had here when the recording cut off, I, I hope that it could be heard as I heard it, you know, if so, I'm going to leave it in the show. If not, you know, we'll, we'll we'll edit it out. But like I said, man. My voice sounded demonic right before it cut off. <laughs> I did not like it. Oh, well, uh, perhaps you're fighting demons of your own, Bill. Yeah, perhaps I am, Chris. And you know, if you happen to be fighting demons of your own, there's one thing, in my opinion, that can help. And that's Magic Mind. What is Magic Mind, you ask? Well, allow me to tell you. It is a fully optimized blend of adaptogens, neurotropics and functional mushrooms and the best part about it it comes in a small two ounce shot 
And allow me to tell you this, it tastes delicious. And not only that, the benefits of this are absolutely amazing. I tend to use it for my anxiety because as I've talked about on the show a million times, I'm probably one of the most anxious people in the world. And this has really helped me just calm down a little bit and see things a bit more clearly. But that's not the only benefit. It will also elevate your mood and your motivation, which we can all use. And the best part about it is there's no jitters, no crash, and no sleepless nights. And you can't put a price on that. So you may be asking yourself, What is in this magical little elixir? Well, allow me to tell you a couple of the ingredients here. Magic Mind is rich in vitamin D3, vitamin C, and my personal go-to, ashwagandha. Organic ashwagandha, I might add. There's also matcha and turmeric in there, just to name a few. So you really cannot go wrong with trying Magic Mind. Now here's the crazy thing. I've got a deal for you. If you use our code BTC20, that's BTC20, and you go to magicmind.com slash BTC, that's magic, M-A-G-I-C, mind, M-I-N-D, magicmind.com forward slash BTC, and use the code BTC, it will be valid for 20% off both one-time purchases and subscriptions. And get this, it gets even better. In the first 10 days, it's up to 56 off if applied to a subscription. Come on, people. It doesn't get any better than that. What are you waiting for? Try Magic Mind today. So, Chris, I mean, what can I tell you? If the patrons were served a shot of Magic Mind, perhaps, uh, just perhaps, they... uh, wouldn't be experiencing all these things, but uh, nonetheless, they were. This kind of builds up into the question here. Do we truly believe that there could be something very bizarre and paranormal taking place within the walls of Smalley Inn, whether it be opened for business or not? Because we said as of 2020, it's no longer open. But to me, that only makes the place a little more ominous. And uh, I, I just don't like the parallels that were drawn to some of the events that we have uh, experienced. And with this being Hudson Valley Horror Month, it makes it all the more crazy that this is taking place so close to us. So with all that said, Chris, let me ask you, based on everything we have spoken about this evening, what says you? What do you think is going on inside the walls? Oh, Smalley Inn. Is there any credibility to the claims that these people are making? I don't have any doubt in my mind, I think. And I I know that normally I do, like you, I'm a skeptic. You know, I I have to really see and, and, you know, hear, mostly see though, which you never, you never happen to find anything that truly sees because, uh, you know, the apparition just happens to, well, ghost you. But um, I I do have strong feelings that, that there's something going on here, especially with the discovery of Smalley's daughter, Elizabeth, being buried on the premise, um, the fires, two of them within 50 years, exactly. It just seems like it's begging. If you could drag in paranormal investigators and stuff, that that, not to say that that validates anything, but it certainly piques interest for so, yeah, a Yeah, so some flags have been raised. Yeah. 
But um, uh, what says ye? <laughs> I mean, uh, Chris, I, uh, listen, at, at first I was thinking, nah, there's not much here. But then, like, we talked about the fires and whatnot. But even still, after that, I was like, ah, you know, whatever. Most likely not. But for me, it was the parallels that we drew to the building across the street from my house, Apartment F. Because all the incidents that we experienced down there when we went to do some paranormal investigating sounded very familiar to what the owners of Smalley's Inn experienced. Almost identical and the fact that there's speculation that the basement was actually a morgue at one point in time, just as uh, it was in the place across the street from my house. I, I don't know, man. I think even when you mess around with stuff like that, especially a place of so much death and agony, there's an underlying spiritual element that's uh, within the walls of these places that's uh, undeniable. And uh, I'm going to say it. I do think that Smalley's, or Smalley, however you want to say it, the inn itself is indeed haunted. How do you like that? For the first time, possibly in BTC history, Chris, we both believe that a, a location is actually haunted. <laughs> yeah, and to further add to that, not only does it have the existence of, you know, and potential in that aspect, but undigging a tombstone. Oh, yeah, that, that I mean, <laughs> I, I left that one out, but yeah, that, that, I, that's, that, that's just... That's that, that's the mountain peak of all this. That I mean, I know that, and they also said at that point is when things intensified. But that's all you need right there. You're you're digging up a burial ground. I mean, that's it. You're done for. Yeah, absolutely. But like we said, unfortunately, Smalley's has closed uh, its doors, and hopefully, it, it it's not for good. You know, hopefully, somebody uh, ends up coming along and uh, bringing it back to life. So uh, that's it, Chris. That's it for week number two of Hudson Valley Horror Month. And I think this is a good one. This was a good one. So let's wrap this up so I can get the hell out of here and uh, meet my untimely demise. So here we go. You want to get in touch with us, you can reach us at btcpod2020 at gmail.com. Or you can get in touch with us on Facebook, which uh, none of us are even on anymore, so don't bother there. But uh, you can get in touch with us on um, Instagram, and uh, I'm on that, so you can message me there. Or you can uh, email us, uh, like I said. And if you would like to become one of our lovely Patreons, please feel free to do so. The, the link will be in the show notes. And please, it will really help us. It will help us keep the lights on uh, here at the BTCRF. So uh, without any further ado... What do you say we wish to find, find people out in podcast land the fondest? Ooh, a farewells. Smallies. That came out fairly good. I'm surprised for not having anything. <laughs> <laughs>